Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, my friends? Uh, it's Jeff here at the top of the episode. Um, you will hear in the following episode that we faced some technical difficulties this week. Tim is in the middle of nowhere. Um, he's not in the middle of nowhere. He's in Page, Arizona. But he's apparently at a hotel with uh, the very first internet connection ever created. So he's going to fart and buzz and click his way through this episode um, and so I had to do the last minute edit and get it to him as fast as possible so he could post it before heading into Bryce Canyon. So um, this is a warts and all as it happens episode. Uh, I apologize in advance for uh, Ben and I uh, dominating the conversation, which is not why anybody tunes into this thing. Um, if you're Team Timmy, uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, you're just going to have to deal with us this week. Um, and uh, we didn't have uh, Robot Lady. We didn't have Flannery. So um, you'll forgive me for my terrible imitation. But get ready for the 2017 albums episode of 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. <laughs> We are, we are putting this together with tin cans and strings, but it is. Oh, oh boy. Was a... like, we, should, guys, we, should, we should just make this into a bit. Tim's in the middle of nowhere, everybody. He's in the Utah desert with the very first Wi-Fi signal ever created. By the way, 50-year-old white guys will know Rattlesnake Speedway in the Utah desert. That's where he is, apparently. (laughs) So uh, he's in and out. So Ben and I are going to talk here for a second. Well, Tim tries to fart his way back into consciousness. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why the cop said, you're going. (laughs) Oh, that's so perfect. Um, how is, uh, how is everyone's summer going? You go, Jeff. Oh, summer's great. I just got back from college pre-registration with the boy. He picked, he picked classes and I stood around with the parents and, you know, made awkward chat about the weather in, uh, you know, Ottumwa, Iowa this time of year. It was great. Just got back. What do you choose? What do you choose? We are taking um, Asian visual art and culture. Ooh. uh, Introduction to anthropology, which they call people, culture, and places. Introduction to environmental science and quantitative reasoning, which appears to be like a data analytics course for um, math requirements. Kids who can't take calculus, basically. That is awesome. Dolly is, in fact, an anthro major, so I like your guys' style. She's nice. She's been super. She started philosophy and then drifted to anthro. Um, Cool. All right. I think it's pretty good. 
And we'll be reading that purple Clifford Geertz, the interpretation of cultures book at some point, I assume. So for sure. How about how about the Bonnaroo report? Yes. Made it back to the farm. Very excited. I can report that uh, I was super happy to be back. Um, lineup, as we've discussed, was not aimed at 50 year old white guys. And yet <laughs> it was so fun to be there. It was such like a joyous group experience of humans that I was just really happy and enjoyed it. Anyways, George and her buddy Leah came. India Kincannon came. Longtime listener Scott and Lisa came. So we had a really, really, really good time um, just meandering around and hearing shows and, and seeing stuff. It was great. And uh, so I took. Well, I, I told the waitress that doesn't look like avocado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would go. Wait, I'm back in. I've got three bars for the minute. Nice. So I need to apologize. I... This is awesome. There's just no apology for it coming. the mercy. By the way, apology. This is great. don't you wish that you could do that in uh, in various fights, especially a spousal fight? You'd be like, I need to apologize. Oh, I'm breaking up. Like, just fill in the <laughs> blank for what I need to apologize <laughs> for. You, whatever it is that you think it is, that's the thing. That was exactly what I was about to say. And I got garbled. Really a shame. No, I've been traveling around, too. I, I, um, I flew to Philadelphia and dropped the daughter off at uh, the grandparents so she could go to sleepy sleepaway camp and then hit Columbus on the way back. And now I'm just home. So this was a kind of a crazy week. Yeah, for sure. That's a lot um, of travel. It was fun though. It was and deep fun. travel, kind of heavy travel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by funny. the way, we just completely lost Tim. <laughs> lost so. Tim completely. You know, what we should do is just talk about Tim. So when he hears this podcast, He'll understand how much we we love him. We just yes, like, indeed. General nice things about we are him. lost without him, no doubt. <laughs> and then and let's go runner. to the uh, Grammy winner. Yeah. Okay. So the Grammy winner for two thousand. I don't even know what year this is. Is this two thousand seventeen? It is. It is two thousand seventeen. Okay. So that's good. Um. He's sorry. Wrong. Uh, the Grammy winner was a surprise for me. I'll be honest. I didn't see this one coming. But uh, I, I like this guy. So we'll see what Ben thinks. Uh, if the Grammys got it right or this is another example of them screwing up. Here it is. This is not the robot lady. But coming up is Bruno Mars's 24K magic. Hey, hey. I got a condo in Manhattan. Baby girl, what's happening? You and your ass invited. So gonna get to clapping. Go pop a phone. Pop it for me, turn around and drop it for a plan. Drop, drop it for me. I'll rent a beach house in Miami. Wake up with no jammies. Lobster tail for dinner. Coolio served that scampi. You got it if you want it. Got, got it if you want it. Said you got it if you want it. Take my wallet if you want it now. Jump in the Cadillac. Girl, let's put some miles on it. Anything you want, just to put a smile on it. You deserve it, baby. You deserve it all. So I have a mixed relationship with Bruno Mars. 
Uh, first record that was a gigantic hit is Unorthodox Jukebox, which is named that because it's just a cover album of other people's songs yeah. with his name on it. It's just like <laughs> there's a Billy Joel song on it. There's a police song on it. And then, of course, there's a million uh, Michael Jackson songs on it. Um, that's why the Grammys love it. This record's like that, too. That's a Michael Jackson song. Um, it sounds like just 1988, a little shinier on the on the drum machine. But otherwise, <laughs> just exactly the same. And um, this is, in my opinion, an example of personal growth. The girls didn't like, they loved Unorthodox Jukebox. And I was just a huge, unrelenting dick about it at first. <laughs> where they were like, don't you like this? I was like, no, no, I don't like it. And then I would like, be like, this is the police song that he's covering. <laughs> Play it for them, which they didn't like as much. And they were mad. And they're like, that doesn't sound anything like it. And then I'd be like, this is the, the Billy Joel song. This. I got really mad about it. Then... I was like, what am I doing? doing? What's the point of this exercise? Why be a jerk about it? These songs sound like songs that came out when I was a kid that I liked. I should just be happy that people are still liking that kind of music. So I totally came around on it. By the time this album came out, I was like, sure, happy, fine. He's never going to be a Pantheon guy for me. Um, Like, for example, I like The Weeknd a lot better than I like Bruno Mars in terms of like ripping off Michael Jackson X. Um, but uh, but I can work with it, and I'm happy. Like I'm just happy my, my girls like it, and that and that people like it. Yeah, and I um I wish I could sing the line "Wake up with no jammies, nope," and be not the most ridiculous human who ever lived. Anybody who can sing those lyrics and pull them off has got to have something going on worth uh, checking out. And I uh, I think Bruno Mars disliking Bruno Mars is kind of like disliking Hanna Barbera cartoons. Like they're not great, but Huckleberry Hound is funny and uh, Bruno Mars is entertaining. And so that's how I that's my relationship with him. One other thing that makes me laugh really hard about this song is the list of things that he likes. I know it's such <laughs> awful. List. He apparently likes strawberry champagne on ice. And I was like, everything about that's wrong. But yep. like, that's so bad. What is going on <laughs> with you, my good friend? Oh, my God. That's awesome. so funny. All right. So, <laughs> um, so anyways, <laughs> the Book of Mormon. Uh, we listened to it as we drove through the Utah desert. It's it's really redundant, and I did not like the album. And I want to confess that there may be albums I have picked where I haven't exactly listened to the entire album. No. <laughs> you had to say that for this podcast? I'm on, a, I'm on a spiritual journey out here in the desert, and I just need to cleanse myself of all Very this stuff. Nice. Hopefully, um, like in the movie The Doors. So, That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> so, oh, Jeff God. Simons, I asked you to prep a song Yep. The band playing in Salt Lake City when we landed. Uh, I was sorry to have missed their gig. And I want to see who guesses the name of the band first, the listeners or Ben. Oh, I'm already just mean spirited. Mean spirited. I'm already disappointed in Ben. Listeners are singing along, they've got their lighters down. Turn the table 
I would never voluntarily listen to this. I have no idea who this is. I'm going to give you some hints. They did the Lady Hawk soundtrack. And that helps it all. No. I can't. They're made fun of hilariously in the Austin Powers movies. What you thinking? Oh no, I would not have gotten this under any circumstances. That's the sound of me hitting the, the change radio station button right there. I am the eye in the sky. Oh, that's what that oh, is. That's the yeah. chorus. Oh, I would have yeah. gotten that when I heard that. It, I, and actually, I might not have known. I might have thought that that was uh, somebody else. I might have thought it was ELP, actually. Or uh, Little River playing, Band. They are playing in Salt Lake City in 2022. Isn't that extraordinary? Hopefully at the Utah State Fair where they belong. <laughs> that is definitely State Fair band. It has State Fair written all over it. That is rough. Well, I have all sorts of like history stuff. Um, I, I think we should just skip it. No, I think you should talk my... fast. No, no, dude, give it Go. to us while you're still, while we can hear you. This is great. <laughs> okay, there is a, a shooting in Las Vegas. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, oh, there was a total solar eclipse, which we discussed. Yeah, I had um, friends who, who like, drove to Oregon and, and camped out for that. I was not one um, of them. It was a meeting of a group of people in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, the Me Too movement gets started in earnest, and we were going to play a game of... In 2017, name a man whose career was derailed because of his past transgressions. (laughs) Oh, my God. Timmy. Dude, you're seriously like, and let's just add Ben Barton and Jeff Simons to that list after they play this game. (laughs) We're out on this game, man. No way. No way. Although the Me Too movement does come up in my selection this year. Yes. Does it really? Oh, hells to the yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the. You've done the Grammy winner. I thought I heard. Yeah, but we have yeah. not done the number one record. Let's do the number one record of two thousand seventeen. Did you? Did you tell everybody the name of the podcast? No, we haven't done anything. <laughs> We're lost without you, man. We are. Lost I'll do a little. I will. Um, th- people will will hear me say that and say yes, you did because I'm going to go back and do that in a second. So yes, it, yes, it, I did, Tim. Yes, yes. Okay. Very professionally. All right. Let's hit it. Number one. It's the Grammy winner. That's also the wrong voice. Uh, But this is Taylor Swift's reputation. There's glitter on the floor after the party. Girls carrying the shoes down in the lobby. Candle wax and Polaroids on the hardwood floor You and me from the night before But don't read the last page But I stay When you're lost and I'm scared and you're turning away I want your midnights But I'll be cleaning up bottles with you on New Year's Day That's a fantastic selection, Jeff. Thank you. It's my favorite one. Yeah, that one's so good. That's one of Georgia's favorites, too. She just absolutely loves that. Very Dylan-esque. 
That's why I picked it. Stop. <laughs> um, the robot lady is actually in the room, but but as a non-participant, as a non-participant here at the Best Western in Page, Arizona. Uh, and if any Best Western executives are listening, the <laughs> Wi-Fi in Page, Arizona needs your attention. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> As does the carpeting. Um, all right. You're not looking at a, we're not looking at a great Best Western tie-in free stays situation here with the podcast, Timmy. I thought marketing understood that, yeah. you, you know, you're looking for synergy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Once again, I hope the Best Western ad isn't popping up, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. We'll be right back. Um, but by the way, have you guys done Zion? Yes, I did Zion a long time ago. Pre kids yep. with Andrew and Cam, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's Un- beautiful, unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, Grand Canyon yep. can't oversell it. Unbelievable. No, I told you, you're gonna think it's like Chevy Chase's vacation where you like look at it for <laughs> ten minutes, but just can you believe? That exists in the middle of the country. It, it's, it's it is insane. Insane. It actually it is. Uh, and like, so at some point we should do the list. Uh, I have the Taj Mahal and the Grand Canyon as things that you cannot overhype. Where you're ooh. just like, whatever it is you say about this thing, when you get there, it'll back it up. I guess I'd have to think more about it, about what else you should add to that list. But those two are definitely on it. The Grand Canyon is just like, yeah. And uh, did you go North Rim or South Rim, Timmy? North Rim. North Rim's fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. The thing that I love about the North Rim, first of all, it's closed. It's closed most of the year because of snow. Like it's so high and yeah. so cold that it snows in. Second, um, you just have no hint of it on the North Rim. On the South yeah. Rim, you get a hint. First of all, there's a lot of traffic. But second, it's like, you know, you can see it's thinning out. There's like, you can tell that something really big is coming. The North Rim is like, which, 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 greatest thing you've ever seen. Completely off the hook. It really is. It's amazing. So we're I love the green on top of the orange, yellow, blue. Like the green is such an addition to that color palette. It's so gorgeous. Yeah, it's great. We're going to Buckskin Gulch today and then off to Bryce tonight. Woo. And how much longer are you guys all out there together? Uh, uh, oh, Friday. Friday. Okay. Nice. That's, you're halfway. That's okay. great. The photos, if those of you who aren't Woo. with Tim on uh, social media, they're, they're posting adorable photos of all of them leaning out of the camper. And they're still all smiling, which is very impressive this late in the trip. I also love, and I don't know if the robot lady can hear me, but um, one of the things that the planes share is a love of technology. So Tim has a little bit of trouble with the whole Zoom thing. And Helen has twice said, here we are in Zion. And then the next post is, whoops, forgot the pictures. <laughs> Which I've been really enjoying that part as well. <laughs> um, well, geez. He should we go to our three albums? He seems to be out again. I feel like we're a little, we should, we should say meaningless stuff about at least one more topic before we cut to the records. That's what we usually do. <laughs> but um, wait, 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 wait. Oh, uh, we is. need a Bonnaroo update. 
Yes, I gave a, a Bonnaroo, Bonnaroo update. update, but um, I can say I have a, I'll give, just give a highlight from each day. Thursday, Indigo de Sousa. That's the indie day, the weird day, the unsigned day. Um, she was great. Friday, uh, Georgia, her buddy Leah and I had the great good fortune to be on the rail front row. Nobody between us and J. Cole. And it's a longer story of how we managed to get into pit first. But there we were. And I've actually, in all the years I've gone to Bonnaroo, I've never been in this exact spot on the biggest stage for one of the headliners. Like, it was insane. Like, you turn around and you're like, there's 45,000 people behind me. Yeah. <laughs> Just everyone is behind me watching this. He was fantastic. Saturday, we had the Jack Antonoff run Super Jam that was based on the year 1984. And they played only songs from the year 1984. So you can imagine that was quite a joyous occasion for me the funniest one the most out of left field one was you spin me right nice dead or alive oh such a great call so good did they bring in adam sandler to do it from the like the wedding singer (laughs) style or antonoff himself sang it so it was kind of off key he's not much of a singer um bless his heart as we say in the south yeah and then sunday uh Country act, retro country act, Zach Bryan. First, I just love Zach Bryan. I just want to give the heads up to the listeners here. If you like Sturgill Simpson, um, you're going to like Zach Bryan. Uh, they, st- he, they originally had him on a Thursday night because he was a small act. His album came out a week and a half ago, which number one on the, on the country charts and like one of the most downloaded albums of the year. So they moved him to Sunday. Whoa. And they, they had him in one of the tents, not on one of the main stages. And he was very inappropriate. Like it was Packed, back, 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 back. I knew it was going to be packed. So I went to the act beforehand, so I will not disrespect by saying who it is, but I sat through an entire set by the act beforehand, pushed <laughs> as close as I could to the front. There are, I don't know, 50 people ahead of me. That act ended, and I was like, well, these people will leave, and I'll get right up front. No one left. Everyone was there doing what I did. Like there was a <laughs> hardcore nut of people just pressed up front for Zach Bryan. And um, it was great 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 Bonnaroo tent show he came out he was like like literally after the first song he was like I had a dream when I was a kid where I was sweaty and played a festival and drank whiskey and now it came true and then <laughs> went into the second song like, he was uh, just right at the crest like you can tell that when you see him three months from now he's going to be much more over it and then the second thing that Jeff will really appreciate is you can imagine he's got the A plus 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 band with one exception that I'll explain in a second. So he's got a fiddle player that just absolutely shredded. He's got a super interesting, awesome lap steel guy who got up and played banjo when he felt like it. Um, he's got an acoustic guitar guy who can play the piano and sing and cover everything. And then he's got this electric guitarist, his lead guitarist who halfway through the first song, I'm like, wow, this guy is uh, bad, like noticeably bad, like <laughs> worse than I was in college when I was in a band with Jeff. Bad. <laughs> the end of the show, he plays the fantastic, outstanding, exceptional song revival. And he does a 12 minute version of it where it calls out everybody in the band in order. and Everybody gets 24 bars to solo. So the stand up bass guy does an unbelievable solo. I mean, the fiddle solo just tore the roof off of the place. And he gets to the poor electric guitar player and each one he explains who they are, where they're from and what they're doing. And he's like, oh, this is so and so. He's one of my best friends from childhood. Like I grew up with this guy and now I just take him on the road with me. Uh-huh. So then the poor guy has to spend 24 bars soloing. And I mean, he literally is like teaching himself to play. 
unbelievable. And at the end, Jeff, it was it was like me freshman year in college. Like he actually did like a little attempt to do the Van Halen hammering on, which he hasn't <laughs> learned how to do yet. I was like, oh, good Lord, buddy. Just do the Chuck Berry solo and you'll be fine. But anyway, it was that kind of show. I was packed right up front with the super fans. Everybody knew every word to the lyrics. It, it was a jillion degrees and they were throwing out water to us. Everybody lost their mind. It was a great Bonnaroo moment for sure. Oh, awesome. All the, right. tent, the tent shows are the shows, man. Yeah. The, the shows fun. in the tents are um, just Yeah, and especially so I mean, the thing that's fun about the place is like, um, you know, you get a whole bunch of people who are like the, the place was packed and for, for Jack Bryan and all the way to the back, but you get people that are just check it out. But up front, it's like he's playing to the biggest group of his super fans he's ever seen in one location, all singing every word to the song. That must have been so unbelievable fun. for him. Oh, that's yeah, so totally. Great. I wonder awesome. I wonder if the act before Zach Bryan was like, yeah, I'm really packing him in tonight. This is awesome. I do. I wonder about that, too. Like, well, it's bigger than I thought it would be. Like, I'm 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 crossing over. I do think that that was happening, but it was a, it was like they, the, the, the tents were not sequenced uh, super well. So it was and again, I'm not going to say who it is, but it was like a Beyonce light dance act. So she was not seeing a lot of boogieing amongst the people directly in front of her. <laughs> Just smiling politely, waiting for the next act. That oh, that's hilarious. great. All right, let's get to our three albums. Ben, you're on fire. You should just go. You got Dokely. So I'm going to choose as my album one of the more unlikely um, stories of the music industry. So Kesha is the daughter of a songwriter who was trying to make it in Nashville. She's got one big country hit before um, Kesha becomes famous. And that's Old Flames, parentheses, can't hold a candle to you. Um, originally recorded by some guy, but then re-recorded by Dolly Parton. It's a number one country hit. And it's one of, you know, one of Dolly Parton's 15 biggest hits. Um, and so PB is the name of the mom. And she's just basically dining off of this song and just trying to make it like just you know, writing songs, playing out in Nashville. They live in Brentwood. They live in Nashville. And her daughter, Kesha, goes to high school in Brentwood, which um, if you don't know, Nashville is the more conservative, rich suburb of Nashville, where a purple haired Kesha was not in favor at the time. She is uh, ironically and hard to believably super smart. She is admitted to Barnard, goes to Barnard for three weeks and then drops out to pursue her musical career. Like she's a legit intelligent person, which is very, very challenging to find given her early musical career. And we talked about her with the not good, but great single TikTok, which was the biggest hit of that year. And the, the album that she put out that year, which I think is, it's not Warrior, it's the other one, was just like massive gargantuan hit. And I, uh, I, oh, it's Animal. And then she puts out an EP Cannibal right on top of it. So she's got these two albums that come out. And um, for me, TikTok, We Are Who We Are, Your Love Is My Drug. Like these are all time stupid pop songs. Like just right on the level with Groove Is In The Heart. Like I just absolutely love them. I sing along with them. I think I said this already with TikTok, but TikTok is my go-to if you have to do karaoke. Like I'm just hoping that they've got TikTok on there because it kills and believe me, having me do the rapping, just everybody gets, that's a good time for sure. <laughs> um, 
These songs are about a very vapid woman who loves to drink and party and have sex with guys. Like that's what, and that's, I mean, obviously there's a whole oeuvre of that, but she was like at the pointy end of that oeuvre with these albums. And the, one of the things that's great about TikTok is it's so aggressively stupid. It's so over the top <laughs> stupid that you actually kind like, I was like, oh, I wonder if this person is actually smart or could it be possible that this person is that stupid? <laughs> it's just amazing. And it turns out that she's a sort of a little bit of a pop savant genius. So next record comes out, Warrior. First song is the top 10 hit. Next three singles all die in the vine. Warrior is way less popular than the previous ones. And it's actually, you can actually see her career just kind of shriveling at that time. And basically Warrior, she did. So sometimes my advice to people has been like, oh, just do what you're good at. Like, why would you change your sound? Um, and sometimes you learn why. Because if you just keep doing TikTok over and over again, people grow tired of it really, really fast. And that's what happens in Warrior. It's a miserable, miserable time for her. She's just two seasons of a reality show. So she's like on TV 24 hours. A, like they're filming her 24 hours a day. Um, I'll get into what's going on between her and Dr. Luke, her producer during this time. She's got bulimia. 2014, she checks herself into rehab. And in rehab, they won't let her have uh, any electronics in a room because they're worried she's going to hang herself with a cord. Like she's in that state mentally. She gets a little toy piano that play that just jingles as it plays. And they let her have that in her room. And she just goes on a writing binge. And from 2014 to 2017, she's just writing and writing and writing and writing. Oh, and I should have noted that. Yeah. She's like the co-writer of almost all of her big hits. Now, of course, when they came out, everyone was like, oh, she's like, Dr. Luke wrote those. Like, surely he just threw her a bone by putting her name on it. But it turns out that she's actually a pretty good songwriter, as we find out. So in the course of her therapy... She comes to grips with the fact that she's been like she and I guess I should say allegedly she's she's been abused by Dr. Luke. And so this like a huge lawsuit breaks out and she's suing for intentional fictional emotional distress and the sexual assault. And he's suing for breach of contract and they're going back and forth with each other. And this is why I mentioned the um, Me Too movement. It's like just before the Me Too, Me Too movement really kicks in. And dude, she they, they she loses her lawsuit. And they won't let her out of the contract. And she has to record for Dr. Luke's label. Like she actually records the album that I'm choosing this year, Rainbow, for Dr. Luke's Good label. God. I forgot that and piece of it. He gets a chunk of the profits from it. And he, she just can't get out of it. So um, she records it all over the world, but it's really focused in Nashville. And it's got a real beautiful, in my opinion, stripped down acoustic sound. So I'm not going to choose the song Bastards, which is the first song on the album. But listeners of this um, podcast, if you haven't heard Bastards and you're like, Kesha sucks, just listen to Bastards. Like it's a two minute, 53 second song. That's like, don't let the Bastards let you down to get you down. Um, and just uh, got a whole bunch of cursing in and stuff. It's a fantastic singer songwriter, solo acoustic song with her just sort of letting it all hang out as the first song on the record. Um, this is actually un, uh, like unprobably, like it's weirdly, this is another number one hit for her. She comes all the way back. This album's a massive, gigantic hit, uh, much bigger hit than Warrior, despite being kind of a weird acoustic stripped down record. I don't like 
I love this record. (laughs) Sometimes there's an album of the year where I'm like, ah, you know, like I I chose Saturday Night Fever. This is one where it was like, this was my album of the year. I listened to this a million times. The girls really liked it. Oh, and this was again was a triumph of the Ben Barton way of life. I was like, the new Kesha record, the new Kesha record, the new Kesha record. And they were like, Kesha sucks. Like, did you listen to Warrior? I was like, no, 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 it's completely every year. And they actually (laughs) did like it. Really pleased with it. They liked it so much that me, India Kincan, and Dahlia and Georgia hauled our sorry butts to Nashville and saw her on the second show of her tour. So she opened the tour up in Birmingham so she could get the kinks out. Comes up and plays the Ryman Auditorium in downtown Nashville, the cradle of country music, a bold move for her. Given, um, given that she's basically put out a half country record. Uh, Her mom comes out and sings with her. Oh, her mom writes several of the songs on this record. Um, She covers Old Flames along with Dolly Parton. It's just a really, really, really likable record. And it's hard to describe how great the show was. The girls loved it. Georgia's, if not her favorite, it's in her top five favorite. She's a a graphic tea gal. She's just every day. It's a different t-shirt for her. And her Kesha tour t-shirt from this show is one of her all-time favorites. Wears it proudly. It was a fantastic show. I had no idea that Kesha's a big LGBT person. And so there was like a huge like rainbow coalition group of people there and um, you know, people just freaking out and loving it. It was a great show. I'm going to choose the song Rainbow. Now, there are going to be people who hear this. In fact, uh, I know I played this song for Scott Schimmel and he was like, that sucks. I hate you. There will be people who hear this and don't like it. So that's why I say start with Bastards if you want to if you want to actually be convinced. This one's my favorite one, though. Oh, and, and the, the big hit off of it is Praying. And that's a gargantuan, massive top 10 hit. It's an Adele style um, piano ballad about that she's praying for Dr. Luke after all that he did to her. Oh. Um, and it's a super powerful song. It's not my favorite though. Rainbow's my favorite because this is a getting better song. Um, Jeff, you're Cued not up get... and ready to go. No, 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 hold on. Two producers for this song. One, a well-known piano player from Nashville that you might've heard of. Okay. Who is it? Oh. Uh, ben Folds. Ben Folds. Ben Folds is half of the production team. And the other half of the production team we've also mentioned, Rob Moose, multi-instrumentalist, violinist. He's the guy who organized Cap- Copycat Killer by Phoebe Bridgers. He's the arranger for that. No way. He's okay. the arranger for this. So I'm going to start at uh, 58 seconds. The first 50 seconds of the song are just her playing the piano. And dude, like seeing this live, it's unbelievable. Um, and, but I'm going to go at 58 seconds first because I like the second verse better than the first verse, but also so you can hear the beautiful, like very tasteful light strings and even like a little horn. I think there's an oboe going on at the end behind this. And this is a song about her finding herself in the darkness. Okay, here comes the oboe. I'd forgot how to daydream so consumed with the wrong things But in the dark I realized this life is short And deep down I'm still a child Playful eyes wide and wild I can't lose hope What's left of my heart's still made of gold And I know that I'm still fucked up But are we all my love, darling? Our scars make us who we are, are. So when the winds are howling strong Tight, sweetheart, you'll find a rainbow. 
rainbow, baby, trust me, I know Life is scary, but just put those colors on, girl Come and play along with me tonight You gotta learn to let go Put the past behind you, trust me, I know The girls will try to find you, but just put those colors on, girl Come and paint the world with me tonight Oh, man. And the first verse, she dresses in black and she's so heartless. And then the end of the chorus is put those colors on, girl, and coming coming out with me tonight. Just, oh, every time it just totally gets me so concerned with the wrong things. Life is scary, but you just have to lean into it. Um, it just like is the perfect encapsulation of what this record is. Um, and that she was able to pull herself out of the ashes of like a really, I mean, it's hard to imagine a worse three-year period than she had before this, including losing a lawsuit. <laughs> um, and they're forcing you to keep working with this guy who, uh, who raped you. Yeah. Really, really, really unbelievably bad coming into it, but unbelievably powerful coming out of it. Um, and this song just captures it all for me. This is my favorite song from the record now. It's the one that's still on my running mix. I ne- it, it never, uh, it, it never uh, doesn't move me. It always moves me every single time I hear it. It's such a beautiful reaction to, um, to art and to music and to her life. Woo! PhD from Ben Barton. Wow. That was awesome. What everybody doesn't know who is listening at home is that Tim lost his connection for about five seconds into Tim's start, been starting and he just yep. came back. So he has no idea what just happened. Well, I, I, I know that Kesha had a rough time uh, and, uh, and that Ben likes to sing TikTok. Um, <laughs> and then I lost those, things. those are universal truths. Yes, yeah, it's true. <laughs> you just, everybody knows that. I cannot I think- w- wait to listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> I just I, one of the things that's so interesting, right? Is like this. Uh, one of the things that Spotify is doing is that kids are discovering whole new genres through the one artist they're willing to listen to, right? So you know, you 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 bring up these artists and like they did a total left field. I'm a little cynical about that. Like I hope it's real and it's not like, hey, you're the only person anyone's listening to, so make a singer songwriter record because you'll go get all those people too. Like now you can introduce everybody to what techno sounds like. Now you can introduce everybody to electric guitars. Like it is amazing. Like, and, and teaching kids in a rock music class every year where they're like, have you ever heard anything that sounded like this? I'm like, yeah, that's Pink Floyd. Or yes, that's the Rolling Stones. They're pretty good, aren't they? And, but they don't, they don't know those things. They only know them through this modern, fan, this kind of modern filter. Uh-oh. We have trouble in the hotel room there. Um, Sorry. And uh, that's all right. Uh, so I just think Kesha, I'm cynical about Kesha. I will take your word for it that I shouldn't be. Um, that was great. I loved the little uh, A-flat moment with the like um, uh, Jews harp going on in the background there and the bridge. That was, that was terrific. So, and I mean, it's, I wish I could perform art that nakedly, uh, one dimensional without being cynical or distrustful of my own self. 
like all the art I make has has a wink to the side. Even the ones where I'm trying to do hard on my sleeve, I don't trust my own heart. I mean, I'll just never, I'll, I don't know if I'll ever feel an emotion as purely and uh, without concern that I'm, I'm uh, lying to myself as that song professed. So it's good to have that around to remind me of the possibility, I think. And I will just say, uh, I think that's ungenerous. I think that's ungenerous of our gal Kesha in the following way. Um, she's like a hair metal band that tried to do grunge. Like she was a, a, a oh, massive yeah, gargantuan right. star associated with a very extra mega specific sound. Um, and she didn't like take a left turn. She just took a U-turn, like got on a plane, went to another continent and did a whole different thing. That's the first thing I'll say. Okay. The second thing I'll say is, is, aren't Eagles of Death Metal on this record? Yeah, totally. On a bunch of tracks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and the Dap Kings, I mean, it's great. That's um, great. And then That's cool. second, um, Bastards, this song, Praying, these are hard genres to be good at. Yeah. It's really, really, really hard to write a good singer songwriter song with just you and a guitar singing whether you're kesha or whoever you are you well you know it's right everyone's so got i give one. a lot of credit when it's you hard to write two I, I mean i think that's that's totally right everyone's got one because everyone's no, got you, yeah. but uh everyone discovers uh f sharp minor and like oh look what i did but to write a second one is really really hard yeah all right man what's your call um all right i'm going local boy again it's 2017 and uh uh we're going to a y- no longer young man, but a man I always think of as a young man, Mr. Chuck Prophet. Um, Chuck Prophet is a San Francisco treasure. Uh, he started, uh, he first came into the music business as part of a band called Green on Red that sniffed the edges of the uh, kind of alternative music hit. They, um, they reminded people of Green on Red. I mean, sorry, they were going to, they reminded people of R.E.M., um, kind of a jangly guitar thing. But Chuck went solo Um in i believe 1991 and he has been making uh a reliable record every two to three years for the last 30 years like one of the things you're going to struggle with with chuck profit is where the hell do i start this guy's got so many records um james depredo who comes up a lot on this podcast who played all the impressive guitars on my own record has been chuck's right hand man since 2004 so we're all we're all acquaintances and um, a lot of my musical life is based around working through around Chuck's schedule when James is out of town touring with him. But um, Chuck got better and better. One of the things that's interesting, I think, is um, most guys, um, you know, they got it, it burns white hot in their youth. And then by the time they hit our age. You know, they just don't have anything left to write about. Right. Um, and Chuck is really the opposite. Chuck has um, has only gotten better. I'm going to mute you, Timmy, because you're you're crackling. But just unmute yourself anytime you need to say something. Um, Chuck uh, keeps getting better. He keeps writing about more interesting things. He keeps kind of pushing in deeper to his insights. Um, I thought he went from good to great with a 2014 record called Temple Beautiful, which is uh, kind of a concept record about san francisco in the 70s so it's songs about jim jones and songs about what happened to city hall and being a kid and growing up in the castro as the as the scene is all changing um and once he allowed himself to see his records not as the collection of his 12 most recent great songs but as songs that were going to tie together i think he took it to a whole new level 
Um, Temple Beautiful is probably my favorite, but this is my second favorite Chuck record. Um, and it was my favorite of this year. It's a record called Bobby Fuller Died for Your Sins. And it is um, it is one of those records full of in jokes. Like if you're it's a hipster's record, he's name dropping people up, down and all around. Bobby Fuller is the kid who uh, performed I Fought the Law uh, and was found dead in his car like three weeks after it went to number one. Uh, in Los Angeles in 1960, a kid from El Paso, Texas, who moved to Los Angeles with his brother and two other friends to be rock and roll stars and actually made it happen and then um, uh, was found dead in his car uh, two weeks later. And it's a mystery. It looks like he fell asleep in his car with the engine running and uh, died of carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, so this, it's not, it's an accidental, not a sinister death, but He's like the uh, he's like the Buddy Holly for hipsters, right? Like it's uh, it's you know it's a what if story. So he's name checked on this record. The last song in the record is um, called Alex Nieto. That's the name of the San Francisco Giants fan that was beaten almost to death by Los Angeles Dodgers fans on opening day of that season at uh, Dodger Stadium. There's a song called "If I Was Connie Britton," who is the star of Friday Night Lights. This is a this is a thing. There's a song called Jesus was a social drinker, which is not the one I'm going to pick, but is very funny. And there's a song called bad year for rock and roll where Chuck name checks everybody who died in 2017 and Prince and, and it, um, several others, David Bowie. Um, there's a song called in the mausoleum for Alan Vega. And what I think Chuck was doing in 2017 was he was, he wanted to name check the people that were inspiring him, but he also was realizing that there's an end game to this whole thing that, that, uh, um, we were, we all face our own mortality and we're all at some point going to be compartmentalized and boxed in the way other people see us much like the hundreds of thousands of people that listen to this podcast, right. And have an image of us that they, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and, uh, I'm going to play my favorite song on the record, which is not any of those name check songs. Um, it's called your skin. Uh, and it's a great introduction to Chuck profit because Chuck is a classic verse chorus verse bridge songwriter he is a classic first line turn of phrase um people have called him the working man's tom petty um and it is not an insult um it's uh it's just an accurate he's got a lot of tom petty's natural songwriting uh but he's a little weirder than tom um he's a little uh more interested in what's around the gritty corner of the street rather than what's on the street itself um, and he's just, uh, he's spectacularly reliable. I keep waiting. I've been waiting for Chuck to throw a dud for over a decade now. And he just doesn't, he just makes one great record after another. I could pick a lot of different songs from this record. Um, rider of the train is just a perfect song, but your skin will give you an idea of, of where Chuck fits and how he pushes against that boundary of where he fits. Um, and it's from, again, the record's called Bobby Fuller Died for Your Sins. And here we go. Don't want 
after another so here's the um top five on spotify see if you agree okay summertime thing that's a big hit it's fun but no definitely not a not a great chuck song you mentioned it jesus was a social drinker yep no other love that's a good one that's an old one that's from the first record so that's that's been around summertime thing yep yeah uh marathon marathon's good yeah ford econoline Ford Econoline is great. Ford Econoline is about touring and uh, is just great. That's a great one. I also really, really love um, Willie Mays is up at bat. That's yeah, that's song. one of your favorites. I just love that one. Um, but he's got a whole bunch of great ones like Doubter Out of Jesus is great. Um, like I said, Rider of the Train from this record. Um, I mean, Chuck's one of those guys going to tour the country in Europe. Every other year, he's going to play to 300 to 800 people, depending on the town. And everyone's going to walk away like, that's why I go out. That's, oh, that's, that's, I remember now, that's why you go to a rock concert. Like, he's hilarious. The band is great. He's great. And he picks, he knows his own material really well. So when you go see Chuck, like, you get a 17-song show that just, that fits like a glove. And you're like, oh, good, that one. Oh, I'm glad he played that one, too. Like, he's uh He's a really great cherry picker of his own material. That's his wife, Stephanie, on vocals. She's um, and she brings a like having her on stage playing keys and singing backup. It's it it uh, it breaks the mold of like, here's a bunch of sweaty dudes playing rock and roll. Like she brings a lightness of being to it that allows him to kind of relax and crack jokes and and uh, and be funny. He's uh, it's good stuff. That's awesome. All right. Great stuff. Speaking of sweaty dudes playing rock and roll, Ben, I saw a band from Knoxville uh, a few weeks ago when I brought Martha to college for her orientation. Have you heard of Betcha? No. How were they? Uh-oh. No, you're here. How Going were they? in and out. <laughs> Just oh, talk. Boy. You're good. We hear you. Talk. Oh, rough. all I, right. I wanted uh, to I wanted to ask uh, Tim if he'd heard of MJ Lenderman, who's getting tons of buzz and is apparently from Nashville. I mean, yes, Nashville, he, yeah, he is my he's my doctor's son. No yeah. way. So he's my uh, my intern. Yeah. Um, Dr. Is he Knuckles. dishing out some bad medicine? Um, it's his kid. <laughs> 
Well, he blew up Pitchfork, gave him eight point four, and he's gonna he's gonna spend the next year playing That's- anywhere he wants. That is so fun. That is, that is great. All right, but we got to get on the road. We've got um, Buckskin Gulch and Bryce and then uh, Capitol Reef, Canyonlands and Arches. So we're going to go with Jason Isbell and the 400 unit, the Nashville sound. I know I picked um, if we were vampires for song of the year, but this album has a whole bunch of bangers. Have we played uh, Hope the High Road Brings You Home Again? Have not. You want to go with that? Do it. Well, since I am. uh, Yeah, let's. (laughs) Coming up. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain down I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man I don't know what that even means Now I just want you in my arms again And we can search each other's dreams I know you're tired and you ain't sleeping well Uninspired, likely man as hell But wherever you Sang enough about myself So if you're looking for some bad news then you can find it somewhere else Last year was a son of a bitch For nearly everyone we know But I ain't fighting with you down in the ditch I'll meet you up here on the road I know you're tired Alright, I'll be playing that as I drive through the desert I think... I think Flannery, I think that kind of hits her, right? That'll, that'll resonate with a 14-year-old girl. I would imagine. I would imagine that's a possibility. <laughs> and so you're, you're traveling till next Friday. Is that correct? But don't worry. I will be out of, I will be out of the van, out of Best Westerns. Um, if we could get together next weekend, I will have something resembling the internet. Well, that'd be great. I wasn't worried about that. I just want to make sure you remember to bring all the kids home with you. Don't leave one of them in Bryce or <laughs> and don't trade them. Don't trade one of them for goods and services. Um, no matter how cool the, the thing looks, it's not worth it. You should bring them all home. So um, we did get stuck. Old... You go, you go. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. No, no, you go. We did get stuck at a, at a Lake Canyon, Lake Powell, uh, Sandy Beach yesterday, I had to have a man with a bigger truck come and help me out. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about it's all about knowing your skill sets. So I was a, a huge early drive-by truckers fan. Like Southern Rock Opera was yeah. on my list for 2001. I freaking loved Southern Rock Opera. Then I think I liked the Dirty South even better in 2004. I saw them at uh, sundown in the city in Knoxville, Tennessee on Market Square <laughs> twice, 2007 and 2010. Then I saw them at, at Bonnaroo too. Um, I'd seen them multiple times around this area. 
I guess um, it's un- I, I can't remember the story where Isabel gets fired or whether he leaves or he breaks up with the, the woman in the band and is drinking too much or whatever the combination of things is. He leaves the band um, and it was a super similar to the Uncle Tupelo thing where I was like, oh, you know, I just I don't like either of these bands as much as I liked Uncle Tupelo at first. That was how I felt about it. Um, and I weirdly kind of held it against both of the bands. Um, <laughs> I'm in the opposite camp now. I'm now exactly where I was in a healthy spot with Wilco and um, Sunvolt, where I'm like, these guys are great. These are great. Yeah, I know. Isbell's great. These records are great. I'm super happy about that. And um, the the new the drive by truckers continue to be just excellent. Like I know, I saw the truckers without Isbell. Yeah, I saw the truckers without Isbell, and they kicked an incredible amount of ass. I was like, this is this is a win win. It's like. I mean, I know you have the same feeling, Ben. This is like when Peter Gabriel left Genesis. Oh, we got yeah, two. exactly. We got two they doubled. Great. They doubled the output. Which doubled great. the pleasure. That was you took a page out of my book right there, Jeff Simons. That was good. Way to <laughs> jump in with the hosting duties. No, dude. And then when Mike and the Mechanics right. spun off, we just oh, like think of all the different Mike, Mike and the Mechanics. We had so many different versions of that band for sure. Gentlemen, we're packing up the van. Go get him, friend. I will, right, man. Enjoy. I will Thanks try so to limp, limp this thing to the public in your absence. So, <laughs> all right. Later, See you brother. later. Bye. All right. Later Bye. on. And well done, Jeff, as quasi host. Good job. Yeah, you too, sir. We did later. great. We, I think we, I mean, now that he's not here, I think we really did great. Don't you think we did great? <laughs> <laughs> he's feeling more and more like dead weight every single time we do one of these. Strongly disagree. Couldn't disagree more. All of the awkward pauses in the first half where we were like, wait, what's going on? Now? I know. Who? So good. <laughs> God, all right. I'll see you next week. Later on. Bye. The 50 Years of Music with 50 Year Old White Guys podcast is hosted on the Electrocast Podcast Network. You should check it out. They've got a lot of really amazing shows, and we're thrilled to be in their company. We'll see you next week for 2018, and uh, let's hope for a little bit more internet cooperation. Thanks, everyone, for your patience, and have a great week. Electrocast. Welcome to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing today. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid.